Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello, hello. I am Tegan Natoli. I am Lee Campbell. And this is This Glorious Mess, The Mother's Group, in your ears where judgment is left at the door. With Mardi Gras and World Pride festivities underway, we thought we'd speak to some queer parents to learn about how they're celebrating Pride with their kids this year and how we can be better allies as parents. And of course, we will be sharing our nails and fails. And I only have fails this week because I am a failure. Oh, welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the last five years of my life. (laughs) Join the conversation. We spoke to proud gay father of twins and social media advocate, Sean Zepps. Sean hosts the podcast, Come Out Wherever You Are, a very honest account of what it's like to raise twins. Welcome, Sean. What was your path to parenthood with your partner? My husband, Josh, and I had twins via surrogacy and IVF in the United States five and a half years ago. We were incredibly blessed that a family member of mine offered to donate her eggs about six years ago, and that kind of inspired us to go down the IVF path. We were very unaware back then of the options that were available, but we found out about surrogacy. We found a surrogacy agency that paired us with a beautiful selfless surrogate, and she carried our twins to 36 weeks. Do you think it's important to have a specific conversation with kids about having two dads or two mums, or do you think that in this day and age, it just doesn't need to be a specifically explained thing? I believe with every inch of my body that we are very, very far away from living in a world where we do not need to have those open conversations. The reality, and it's not a rude one, it just is, is that families like mine are not quote the norm, right? There aren't as many of us as there are heterosexual couples. And so our children, no matter how old they are, are going to be smacked with that reality across the face from reading books, watching television shows, and just walking down the street or going to school. And so ensuring that you have those conversations with them if you're their parent, so they're aware that that is the way in which their family is created. Or if you are a heterosexual couple and you're talking to your children every day, if you're hopeful that your children grow up to be empathetic and sympathetic and kind to others, having conversations at home in a safe space where they can ask questions that might be uncomfortable, maybe they'll giggle, having those conversations in a safe place with the people they love most 
is so much more preferred than them experiencing it out in the wild. And maybe they say the wrong thing. Maybe they're rude and make other people uncomfortable. So if you're a parent and your goal is to raise kids who are kind and nice and they're not the bully, the best thing you can do now is start to plant those seeds. It's not just about two dads and two moms. Have conversations with them about one mom, one dad, grandparents raising kids, parents with disabilities. Like There are so many other family dynamics and structures in this world that don't look like a white mom and dad. And your children need to be aware of that long before they run into those families out in the wild. Have you had that conversation? I have most definitely had that conversation with my kids. It's a little unavoidable, right? They have two dads and, you know, they go to school every single day and they go to the playground and they run into a lot of other kids as probably as early as three who want to understand where their mother is. And so we believed early on it was incredibly important to ensure that they understood not just the way in which our family is structured, but the fact that that isn't quote, normal. We don't always use that word, but there are going to be a lot of other families that you run into that have a mom and a dad and our family isn't like that. Yeah, we've been having that conversation with them, honestly, ever since they could speak, but more seriously since probably they were three and four. What would be your advice to other parents about how they can be good allies? I always use my own personal story to hopefully change other parents' perspective of what's happening in their children's mind. I think a lot of parents listening believe that they know what their children are going through, right? We all think we know better than the child, but the rude reality is we do not have access to the script in our children's head. We can make inferences. We can think we understand their energy. Children's minds, just like adults' minds, are complicated. When I was a young person, I didn't have access to anyone who looked or loved or had sex like me. I didn't see it in the television I watched. I didn't see it in the Disney movies that I was obsessed with. I didn't hear love like mine in songs. In any song did I ever hear a boy singing about another boy. I didn't see it in children's books. I didn't hear it in nursery rhymes. I didn't see it on stage productions. There just wasn't anything for me to grab onto. And that meant that for a very long time, I hated myself and I thought that I was disgusting and wrong and bad. And it wasn't because I wasn't loved. My parents did a wonderful job of loving me and telling me that I was loved. But the reality was, it's sometimes hard to believe your parents because you think they have to love you. And when you look out into the world or at the playground, you know, and bullies are bullying you, that becomes a little bit more real. And so I often believed I was bad. My parents were just being nice and hiding the truth and that I was never going to have a life of happiness. I would never get married. I would never have kids. And because the world still today and almost every culture tells you that that is what it means to be a successful human is to have those things happen to you. I thought I probably won't make it. Why would I want to be an adult if that's not an option for me? And so what I often say to parents is that was my experience and I am just one of 800 million queer people alive on the planet right now. And that experience is a completely normal one, but it can be stopped. As parents, we have an option, an obligation to give our children access to the reality of the world. And the reality is that queer people, they exist. We're here, whether you like it or not, whether your religion tells you, it is okay or not. We are here. And I just think 
would any parent want their children to suffer in silence? Would any parent want their child to not talk to them about how they're feeling inside? Would any parent not want to be a part of the journey of self-discovery? I think almost every parent would say, no, I want that. I would love to be a part of it. I want to be a safe space. I want my child to come to me. And so I say, if you want to avoid what happened to me, ensure that you introduce your children to various types of people versus various types of media. Netflix is an amazing opportunity. Disney has different types of films. So what I like to do is I have a Rolodex. I have a little list on my phone of the different types of people my children might come across as they grow up. And then just ask yourself, do they have access to that? Follow social influencers who are different. Someone with a disability, someone with alopecia, a gay family, and just show your kids. And then just let them ask you questions. Because who knows, that might never, ever, ever happen to your child. That might not relate to them. That might not connect. If it does, you've saved them. It was suicide prevention by showing them that you support those types of people. Therefore, you will support them. If it's not them, if it's not their story, all you're doing is ensuring your child is a kinder, more empathetic and sympathetic person. And that should be the priority of every parent alive. Are you doing anything as a family to celebrate Pride and Mardi Gras this year? Yes. For the second year in a row, I have taken my entire family to Mardi Gras Fair Day. Last year, it was just so much fun. And to be able to see my children surrounded by such joy was such an exciting moment for me. So it was a priority to attend this year. They had this Oreo Pride Play Pack set up, which was just these fun, giant Oreo-themed games. One of a couple of family-friendly activities that I got to experience My children are obsessed right now with the fact that we get to be called rainbow families. They've just discovered that that's a thing. And they just, what kid doesn't love rainbows, right? So they were just proud to be there, to celebrate, to play with other kids. It was just such a beautiful moment for me to not only be surrounded by my community, but to welcome them into that fold at such a young age. And I think every year it's a fun tradition. Yeah, I think we'll always go to Fair Day if we can. We also spoke to sports reporter and founder of iCollab, Hayley Willis, whose name you'll recognise from being the co-host of our sports podcast, Here If You Need. Hayley and her wife Fiona are proud parents of Hunter and Spencer. What was your path to parenthood with your partner? It's been a few years. As a same-sex couple, it's certainly never a quick journey and it's certainly not a cheap one either, unfortunately. So Fee and I decided after six months or maybe perhaps a year, it's classic really, lesbians move quite quickly, <laughs> but we, we knew we wanted kids. So we yeah started by giving the IVF clinics a buzz and jumped on the donor wait list, which is about a nine-month wait. It was about a two-year process and after I think it was about three or four attempts with Fiona, we were blessed to fall pregnant with Hunter. It wasn't too long after him that we decided we always wanted to have our kids close together. So we started trying with me and then I was lucky enough to fall pregnant on the second go and, yeah, we have little Spencer. So we've got two under two at the moment. It's absolute chaos. (laughs) Do you think it's important to have a specific conversation with kids about having two mums and two dads? Or do you think that in this day and age, it doesn't need to be specifically explained? I think it's important to have these conversations. We've come a long way, but we've still got a long way to go. So yeah, I think it's important that we make sure that our kids are educated on that so that they grow up in safe environments without being fully equipped to explain any questions that they face. 
I think for us, we've just said, we'll let it happen organically. The day that Hunter comes home and asks us, you know, why he has two mums as opposed to why his, you know, friend Jack has a mum and a dad sort of thing, we will go through that. You know, at the same time, we also have books that explain to him how he was made, so how he came into this world. I should say, I shouldn't say how he was made. It sounds like he's a jigsaw puzzle, but how he came into this world. All that kind of education is important so that he knows everything about himself, about us, our family, and same with Spencer. So, yeah. What would be your advice to other parents about how they can be good allies? Just being supportive, standing up for rainbow families in conversations where they think something's been said that might be incorrect. Stand up for us, say that's not how you say it or that's not how you should be treating that family. There are times where you know, I'm sure Hunter will face teasing and bullying and all kinds of things in school because, you know, kids can be cruel and that's just life. But it's about parents educating those kids who are bullying him that that's not okay. Are you doing anything as a family to celebrate Pride and Mardi Gras this year? What are we doing? It's hard with two under two. It's hard to really let yourself go at Mardi Gras. Certainly not us a few years ago, that's for sure. We can't just pop a champagne and wake up the next day fresh as a daisy to parent. We've done Fair Day. We took the kids along to that, which was awesome to be surrounded by all the rainbow families and the rainbow community. And then I think we're going to go to the Bondi Beach party so and actually, you know, make a day of it. We spoke with AFLW player Sabrina Frederick, who plays for Collingwood Football Club and starred in SAS Australia. As a queer woman of colour, Sabrina has made important strides in the sporting community by advocating for more diverse representation. She recently became a mother with her wife Lily to Florence. What was your path to parenthood with your partner? Yeah, I guess the path to parenthood probably started a couple of years ago. I guess when you're in a a same-sex couple, it's definitely something that you start speaking about and planning way before you're actually in that position. So as people would know, when you go through an IVF process, it can take years. So for us, it was a couple of years. And luckily, we now have our beautiful daughter, Florence. Do you think it's important to have a specific conversation with kids about having two mums and two dads or do you think that in this day and age it doesn't need to be specifically explained? Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's something that we've spoken about in our household a lot. I think it's a little bit of both in a way. I think that kids are really, they take on information and they're like sponges. So I think they're also a product of their environment and I think that if kids are around that community where they feel like they've seen it and they see people walk around and being themselves, I think maybe the conversation probably doesn't need to be as, I guess, sit down and explain because they're already sort of seeing it. I would say for children that aren't exposed to that, things like books are really good these days. I think parents being a bit more thoughtful around the content, I suppose, their kids are, are looking at, making sure that they're, the books they're reading are inclusive the TV shows are inclusive. I think there's ways of going about it that doesn't have to be so direct, but I do think it's still a conversation that probably needs to happen just because I don't think that kids are seeing it as much as they probably should. So what would be your advice to other parents about how they can be good allies? I think just being intentional with what you're exposing your children to 
I mean, I'm lucky in the sense that I have so many amazing people that I know who have different family dynamics. So Florence is going to grow up knowing that my family structure is, is of all walks of life and all different kinds. But I think that if you aren't around that, for example, one of the books I was reading to her only a couple of weeks ago, it's a story about a kid that goes to school when they're talking about what their parents do for a living. And something as simple as that, where they're showing just all families where, you know, you might have one parent, you might have two parents that are same sex, you might have your grandparents who are your carers. For us, it's exposing her really early on to things like that, where she'll get to the point of going to school and it's not that foreign to her, the notion of having two parents who are same sex or, you know, two grandparents that are looking after a child as well. I think that it's just important to know that it's not a one size fits all sort of equation with parenting and caregiving. Are you doing anything as a family to celebrate Pride and Mardi Gras this year? It's such a journey being a part of the community of just walking proudly and being proud of who you are. I think just being immersed in in the culture, it's such a exciting few weeks for the community and it's such a positive few weeks. People travel from all over the country to Sydney for it. So we'll be very much immersed in it, definitely watching the parade and getting involved as much as we can. Nailed it. You failed it. All right, Lee Campbell. Hit me with your nails and fails. All right, my fails. So I did the grocery order. You know how you choose a window between like three and eight, but of course it's coming at eight, not three. Yeah. So we had nothing to eat. I had a box of <laughs> mac and cheese in the cupboard. Make the mac and cheese. Like I had the milk and the butter and all that jazz. Put it down and the Alexander. Staples. Yeah. Alexander goes, Mom, why did you make me Play-Doh for dinner? It's disgusting. Oh, and I was like, oh, bless. I quite liked it. I haven't made a box of mac and cheese oh, for years. Oh, I love a salty mac It was a Sunday cheese. night. And if you add pepper, it's that fancy pasta that everyone's making on Instagram at the oh. moment. How do you say it? Chawa e pepe? Kao e pepe? I don't even know. <laughs> but I didn't add pepper to his. But, yeah, I apparently made him Play-Doh for dinner. So oh, that's actually funny. He ended up having three bananas. Did you end up eating it? Yes, I love mac and cheese. Yeah, me too. Oh, my God. That would have been yum. a win in my house, girlfriend. He ended up having a rogue carrot. So that's probably better. That's my only fail. I've got another fail about daycare drop-off, but I'm just sick of failing. Yeah. Okay. Well, what have you got? I'll spruce you up with my fail. Make you feel better about yourself. Okay. Well, I was trying to be mum of the year. Like the girls are at big school. They've got the canteen now. Oh. So this is like a new world. And so I'm, you know, on their first day of whenever the canteen was open, I gave them $2.50 and they bought an ice block or something and they had change and everything. I'm like, wow, gosh, you can still get far with some 50 cent coins. Wow. Anyway, the next day I gave them more. So I gave them $3. Wow. Each. High rollers. My yeah, daughters. massive. <laughs> they lost their shit. Why? Because they just could not cope with, I don't know, I'm like, but I'm giving you more. You can buy two ice blocks if you really want. You can buy an extra little snack as well as your ice block. No, I don't know whether it's because the denominations were different. Like so they'd had $2.50 and 50 cent coins and this day I was giving them two $1 coins and two like they lost it. Like there were tears. It was a full-blown meltdown. They could not comprehend 
what, what was, was going on. on. Surely what? they saw the gold and were like, this is better. No, I think they like the big silver one oh, better. big, big, Anyway, I so I'm like, oh, my gosh, starting school is so overwhelming on its own and then you've got this whole other element of, like, these little tiny things. Oh, gosh. So, you know what, I'm going to just go. <laughs> no more money. a dollar no from now on yeah, in 10-cent pieces. Fine, you go. You can have 10 10-cent pieces. Did you nail anything? I did. You know what I'm nailing? Speaking of school lunches, and sorry, I feel like that's all I talk about because that's all I do anymore, <laughs> is getting the weekly order in preparation for the week. Groceries. Yeah, because usually when they're in daycare, I used to just pop to the shop and kind of get whatever I need for one or two days. Yes. Whereas now when you're making lunches every single morning. Oh, like, gosh. You Are know, you going through so much food? Oh, my God. You know what? Daycare is expensive, but packing <laughs> lunches for twins is probably equal to daycare <laughs> And then fees. Banjo probably wants what they're having anyway, even though they're not oh together. Oh, my gosh. I used to think my grocery bill was expensive, but now it's next level. Thank God they eat it all. So, you know... At least they're coming home with empty lunches. They're probably tipping it in the bin. But anyway. (laughs) Can you get me some mac and cheese in your next order, please? Yeah, yeah, I'll get some Play-Doh for Alex. (laughs) And on that note, thank you for listening to this glorious mess. Wait, what was your other fail? Oh, I don't want to go into it. It was a daycare drop-off. You've had enough of your fails. It speaks for itself. Yeah. All right, let's it leave was, it there. It was like I needed a message from them at half an hour later to let me know. Let's okay. not wallow in I now. just can't. I'm starting yeah. a new week. Is it, is it? Wait, it's only Monday. It's starting a new week. Get in touch with us. Our email address is tgm at mamamia.com.au or join our group on Facebook, Mamma Mia Family. Come on, give us some more nails in our group. We need them. We might have to borrow them. <laughs> or make us feel better about our fails. This episode was produced by Claire O'Halloran. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.